Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code. My name is Paul Abernathy, as your host, as always. And today's episode, we're going to talk calculations. We're going to talk how to do a one-family dwelling calculation, but we're going to talk the optional method. Because the optional method usually results in a smaller service or feeder application. So you have a choice. You can use the standard calculating method for, let's say, one-family dwelling. That's in Part 3 of the uh, National Electrical Code, Article 220. Or you can use Part 4. Now... You can use whichever results in the smaller service, uh, whether it's part three or part four, the standard versus the optional. And I can tell you uh, that 99.9% of the time, the optional method is going to result in a smaller service. And due to diversification, it's okay. Don't get nervous. Uh, If you're taking an exam, I remind you that they'll tell you in the exam whether or not to always consider standard or optional. uh, And unless they state otherwise, always assume standard calculating method. Um, In today's episode, we're going to dabble a little bit in the standard because you need to understand how to do the standard method when you're sizing the grounded neutral conductor. Whereas in the optional method, that's okay for sizing ungrounded conductors. But you can't use the optional method to size the grounded neutral conductor. So it does get a bit confusing. Now, good news is, if you're doing the optional method and you end up with an SE cable, uh, service entrance cable, like a type SEU or or whatever, SER, then generally the manufacturers are going to size that neutral conductor in there to be more adequate than necessary. You know, it's, it's there. But if you're pulling a raceway, you really need to know how to do the calculation. So we're going to cover that today. Hopefully it won't take too long. I had people say that my podcasts go a long time, but that's okay. You can pause it. Note what time you pause it and come back and you know speed up to that point. Um, it's not brain surgery. Um, but I, once I get into this mode, I, I just kind of got to flow with it. So you got to bear with me here. All right, so today's episode, we're going to talk about how to use, and I've got a bunch of notes here because I like to make little notes about things that I want to talk about, make sure I cover everything, is we're going to talk about the optional method for one-family dwelling, and we're going to do what's called a step-by-step process. So I'm going to walk you through the different steps. Now, you are going to either listen and memorize these things, or when you get home or wherever you're at, you can write these little references down, and that way it kind of helps you understand how to do the optional method. Now, every electrician out there, journeyman, master, even apprentices, I believe, should understand how to do the optional method. The optional method for the calculation, other than calculating the grounded conductor, which can get a little complicated, but not too bad, you have to understand how to do these calculations. It's it's imperative in the field that you understand. So today, obviously, it's a podcast. I'm not showing you any video, obviously. So... You're going to really have to think hard. Your brain is going to hurt because we have to think about all these concepts. And what I've got to do is got to recall all of my abilities to paint you a mental picture of what I'm talking about. And that's my challenge today. I want to challenge you to be able to follow along with me and understand where we're going. Now, if you already know how to do the optional method, then what are you listening for? Go on and turn it off and listen to one of my other podcasts. But if you don't, this is the episode for you. Okay, so let's get started. We're going to do this in steps. Okay, first things first. Understanding the National Electrical Code. We're using the 2017 edition for this uh, episode. And we are in part four. Now, if you go to the beginning of the NEC, uh, well, I should say the beginning of Article 220 into part one, 220.1 scope, you'll see a nice little graphic there. And this little graphic kind of gives you an understanding that you can use part three or you can use part four. Understanding that they both connect to 220.61 for the neutral load calculation. Remembering again that you can't use the optional method to size the neutral. Um, You have to use the componentry and the flow of the standard. So ultimately, even if you know how to do an optional, you're going to have to know how to do the standard. So my advice 
is learn both, right? Save you the grief, save you the headache. Okay, all right. So today we're going to go over some givens because this episode is purely not dealing with the different aspects of part two, which is branch circuit load calculations and all the little nuances of that. Um, We are purely going to talk about the optional feeder and service load calculation based on some givens today. All right. So I'm going to give you some givens. How you like that? I like I say givens. I'm going to give you some givens. And so today's givens are going to be the type of dwelling that we're dealing with as a one family dwelling. And I'm going to give you all the aspects of that dwelling. And you don't have to write them down because I'll remind you over and over. That's my method of how I do that. Um, some people say I'm repetitive, but I can't help it. Um, or you could pause it and jot these down after I give you each one of them. I'll pause between each one, give you time to pause the, the, the podcast and write it down if you want to follow along. Okay, so we're talking about a dwelling unit. Remember, we're, we're dealing with the outside dimensions. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to give you these dimensions. So the dwelling unit outside dimensions are 35 feet by 55 feet. So that's the size, the outside dimensions of this dwelling. There is a front porch, and remember that this square footage is going to be included in this dwelling outside dimension. But there is a front porch, and that front porch is 7 feet by 10 feet. It's important to know that in a minute. We'll explain why. Uh, Small appliance brand circuits, uh, there's four of them that are going to be located in this dwelling. Laundry brand circuits, there's two. Okay, we'll be talking about what the code requires and whatnot for these small appliance and laundry. But in this dwelling, for our calculation, there's two. Uh, There is a water heater, which is 4.5 kW. Remember that kW and kVA is used equally when you're doing this calculation, so it doesn't really matter. They both mean the same when it comes to the calculation here. So just keep that in mind. Reprogram your mind when you're dealing in this calculation that kW is equivalent to kVA. Okay? Just remember that. All right, so it is a water heater. It is 4.5 kW, and it is... Uh, or 4,500 VA, whatever. You'll see that we'll need that when we do calculation later. Uh, it is a 240-volt load. That is important because when you're doing the neutral load, you need to be able to differentiate between what is 120 versus what's 240. Uh, I will also say that our application for this dwelling is a 120, 240-volt application. Keep uh, Single phase. Keep it, keep it simple. The next thing we have is a dishwasher. Uh, I've got a dishwasher in my house, but I don't think my wife's ever used it. Um, that's a... She's not listening, so that's a side note that will... Okay, she hasn't said anything yet, and she probably is in the other room, but that's okay. So we have a dishwasher in this application. Now, it's a 10 amps dishwasher, okay? So its rating is 10 amps, and it's 120 volts. Another thing to remember as we go on, we need to convert this to VA. So how do you do that? When you give an amps value, you can simply go amps times the voltage equals the VA. So in this case, 10 amps times 120, okay? So that's... 1200 VA. So just so you know how to do that. We always have to convert the amps to VA. Uh, the next one we have is a waste disposer. Uh, and this is an in-sync waste disposer. And it's given in a horsepower rating, which is a half horsepower. So you're going to need to use the tables in 430.250 or 248 or 247, whatever it is. And of course, in our case here, since we're dealing uh, in an application where we're dealing in uh, single phase, uh, applications, then it, it makes it a little easier for, for our application, okay? Because so that when we go and we know exactly what we're trying to, to deal with when it comes to dealing with the motor horsepower. For us, we're going to deal in 430.248 because that's single phase, okay? But those are the tables back there that deal with motors. So I just want to kind of give you an idea of those. The next thing we've got is a trash compactor, and that is given to us an amperage, 7.5 amperes at 120 volts. Important to remember that 120 volts when sizing that neutral. So again, 7.5 times 120, that's what's going to end up giving us our VA. Uh, the next we have attic fans. Now we have three of them in this house, and each of them pull 4.2 amperes. So we're going to add them all together. That gives us 12.6 amperes, and these are supplied by a 120 volt branch circuit. So remember, They are going to very much be considered as part of the neutral when you're doing that neutral calculation. We have a clothes dryer, okay? Obviously not required by the code to have a clothes dryer, whereas the washing and laundry is required. The dryer is not, but in our case, we do have a dryer. And our dryer's nameplate value is 5.5 kW, or 5,500 VA. Um, And it is a 240-volt load. Again, remembering when we're doing the neutral, that's not going to count for the neutral. 
Okay, but it's 5.5 kW. The next we have is a counter-mounted cooking unit. It's a cooktop, uh, and it has 7 kW at 240 volts. There's no ranges in this place. There's a cooktop, and then there's a wall-mounted oven. Uh, and that wall-mounted oven is at 6 kW, okay? And that is a 240-volt load as well. So our cooking components is a cooktop at 7 kW and a wall-mounted oven at 6 kW. That's going to be important because remember when we're doing the, the, the calculations, um, what we have to take into account. If we were doing the standard method, okay, what we would do. Uh, but since we're doing the optional method, we're going to take nameplate values. So you'll see what we're talking about. But they are 240. So also remember that they don't come into equate when it comes to the neutral calculation. Just remember. Uh, the next we have electric heat. So we have three banks of 5kW each. So that results in 15kW. Uh, and of course, those are 240 volt applications. So um, we're going to compare those to the AC, obviously, when we get into the optional method in 220.82C. But just remember that they are 240 volts. They're not going to be equated in the neutral calculation, but they are very much going to be calculated into the actual ungrounded conductor calculation. So it's 15kW. That's three of them at five. The next thing we have is air handler, which is whether it's, um, be honest with you, whether it's cooling or heating, you still got to blow that heat that air around the, the building, right? So you have an air handler that has a blower motor, and that blower motor is a rating of 3.2 amperes. It's 115 volts, so obviously that's a motor. Uh, and so in order to convert that to VA, it's pretty simple, 3.2 amps times 115 volts, and that's going to give you your VA. Uh, you'll need that later, trust me. All right, next we have air conditioning compressor. That's the outside unit, and that is at 16.6 amperes. That's what the nameplate is, and that's a 230-volt motor. Okay, so just keep that in mind. It is 230-volt motor, um, and you'll have to make that equate when you're doing the air conditioning calculation. The next one is the condenser fan motor. Okay, so we have what's called a condenser fan motor that's part of the condenser. Uh, and then, of course, we had that air handler motor. Uh, so in this air, a condenser fan motor is uh, is 2 amperes, and that is at 115 volts. Okay, so that's so that air conditioning compressor, and we have a condenser fan motor. Okay, so those are all of our loads that we have in there. All right, so... Where do we even begin? Well, okay, so first things first, I guess, since we determined we're going to use the optional method here, we're not going to do the neutral calculation yet. We're going to do the, we're going to size the service, and we're going to try to find out what the ungrounded conductor sizing is. So, first things first. You need to go to part four, which is in 220.80 of the National Electrical Code. If you're in the electronic version, I'll just remind you it's on page 78. If it's a paperback version, it's on page 70. Okay? No, excuse me. It's on page 75. My bad. My bad. Sorry about that. All right, so part four. Maybe you have a tab for it. Make it easy. All right, so here's the optional method. So let's read what the general statement says. 220.80 says that the optional feeder or service load calculation shall be permitted in accordance with part four. So it's permitted to do this. So the general rule or the standard method is part three. That's what you typically use. But you're allowed to use the optional method. And when you do the optional method, I can do the optional method versus the standard method. And whichever one results in a smaller service, it's, I can use it. Okay. So in this case, we're doing the optional method. Now, let's kind of follow how we do this. And we have to look at 220.82a. And that is the feeder and service load. It says this section applies to a dwelling unit having the total connected load served by a single 12240 volt or a 208Y 120V set of three wire service or feeder conductors with an ampacity of 100 amperes or greater. Okay, so it, 100 amp is the threshold here. Okay, now... It shall be permissible to calculate the feeder and service load in accordance with this section instead of the method specified in part three of this article. So this is what's giving us the ability to use the optional method, okay, instead of part three. It goes on to give us the structure of how we do this. It says the calculated load, and that's what we're trying to achieve here, the calculated load shall be the result 
of adding the loads from 220.82b, which we're going to go through that, and C together. So you add these together. And it also reminds you that the feeder and the service entrance conductors whose calculated load is determined by this optional method shall be permitted to have the neutral load determined by 220.61. And I'll show you how we do that as well in 220.61, which is going to force you to have to understand how to do the standard method, at least in terms of being able to calculate for that neutral conductor. All right, so let's dig into this. What's first? First things first, let's go to B, and that is 220.82B. What are we talking about? The general loads. All right, I kind of told you all the loads that are involved. Okay, we kind of ran down them, so you should have them either written down or I'll kind of go over them as we go. And so the first thing it says here, it says general loads. It says the general calculated load shall not be less than 100% of the first 10 kVA plus 40% of the remainder of the following loads. Okay, so in this calculation, that first 10 kVA is basically it's 10 kVA. It's the first 10 kVA, you're going to take it at 100%. Everything else in item B here, uh, you're going to be able to take at 40%. Okay, so a good considerable amount of D rating. Here, because you're going to use things like the nameplate. So you're going to take a higher value. Whereas in the standard method, you're using the applications of 220.42. And I'm starting to apply some after 3,000. The next 301 to 120,000, I use 35%. So you're really starting at a higher value by using the nameplates and all those type of things. So the optional method, it's generous. But it does allow you to be able to follow along here. And, and I think you'll see that this is, the, this is the way most people do it in order to calculate their service and feeder applications. All right, what's number one say? All right, we're going to use the volt amperes per square foot. We're not going to use the 33 volt amperes per uh, square meter. We're not doing that. We like the square feet. Um, we, that's what we like to use. So that's what we're going to use. So here it says 3VA per square foot. For general lighting and general use receptacles, the floor area for each floor shall be calculated from the outside dimensions of the dwelling unit. Okay, It says the calculated floor area shall not include open porches, garages, or unused or unfinished spaces that are not adaptable for future use. Okay, so open porches, you're going to subtract from your value, and that is your uh, outside dimension value of your dwelling unit if you considered that porch in your calculation. And we did a minute ago, so I'll show you what I mean. Um, and of course, if you have garages, you don't count the garage. Um, but the one important thing to remember is when it says unused or unfinished spaces not adaptable for future use. Uh, so you're not going to count things like attics that aren't adaptable, even though it looks like there might be some space up there. Uh, crawl spaces, just common sense. Any areas that are unused, uh, or that are unfinished that really can't be adaptable for future use, maybe by the building codes and other types of standards. Uh, if that's the case, you're not going to count those in the square footage that you're using here. Now, in our case, what did I tell you? We had a front porch. And it's important that I gave you the 7 foot by 10 foot value because the dwelling unit outside dimensions was 35 feet by 55, and that was including this porch. So now we have to take away that porch. So the first thing that we would need to do is take the 35 times 55, which equals 1,925 square feet. And since we had this open porch and we just saw what was required to take it away, then we have to do 7 times 10, which is 70 square feet. So we're going to take 70 square feet away from the 1925. And that's going to give us 1,855 square feet. So that's what we're working with. So on your piece of paper or in your mental note, whatever you're doing, this is the very first item we're dealing with. We're going to try to deal with what's called the general lighting and receptacle loads, and that's what we're going to deal with. All right? So that's what we're doing here. So the first thing is first is we know that we had the application for 1855, but it says right here 3VA per square foot. So it's 3 times 1855 is 5,565. Write that down. That's your number one line, first line. Next, let's go on down the list. The next one was, okay, well, it's 1500VA 
for each 2-wire, 20-ampere small appliance branch circuit and each laundry circuit covered in 210.11C1. Uh, C1 is dealing with those minimum of two small appliance brand circuits. And C2 says a minimum of one laundry circuit. Uh, in our case, what did we say? We said that our house has four small appliance brand circuits and two laundry circuits. So remember, that's another big mistake that people do when they do a calculation. Just because 210.11C1 and 210.11C2 talk about the minimums, if I put more of them in there, I have to account for them. And they are both at 1500VA each. So in our case here, line one was 5565. That's our general lighting and receptacle loads. Line two is going to be our small appliance brand circuit loads. So where do we get that value? Well, under 220.82B2, that would be 1500 VA times four. And that is 6,000 VA. So I'm going to write that down. That's my next line. Okay, step by step. The next thing I'm dealing with is, is still in item two here is my laundry. So I said that I had two laundry circuits. Even though the code only requires it one as a minimum, I have two. That's what I've chosen to do in my design. So I've got to count for both of those. So it's 1,500 times two. So that equals 3,000 VA. So in line three, I'm writing that down. 3,000 VA. And that's where I'm at. So I have 5,565. I have 6,000. And I have 3,000. That's covering our general lighting and receptacle loads. That's covering our small appliance brand circuits. And that's covering our laundry brand circuits. Now, let's keep on moving down the list. All we're really doing is adding up the numbers. It's that simple. So what does item 3 say here in 220.82B3? It says the nameplate rating of the following. Okay, what's the first one say? A, it says all appliances that are fastened in place, permanently connected, or located or, or located to be on a specific circuit. Okay, so what do we have? All right, well, we have a bunch of things. We have, right, we have a cooktop, we have an oven, we have a clothes dryer, a disposal. We have three of those attic fans, if you remember. We have the water heater, we have a dishwasher, and we have a compactor, the uh, trash compactor. We have, those are all of our appliances that are fastened in place, okay, or have a specific circuit dedicated to them. So let's do each one of them. Now, we're going to write these down. So this is item number four in your list, but we're going to kind of just do a running list here, and we're going to convert all these things into VA because these are what we're dealing with because we're following what it says here in B. So the first thing was the water heater. So that water heater, if you remember, was 4.5 kW, which we're going to convert to VA. So we all know that that is 4.5 kW is the conversion of 4.5 kW is pretty simple. You just take 4.5, okay, and and you're doing that times 1,000. That's 4,500 VA. So that's what you're at. So I won't repeat that again. That's pretty simple math, but that's what we've got. So write it down. That's item number one. You can write water heater and then put 4,500. The next thing we want to deal with is the dishwasher. Now, the dishwasher was 10 amperes at 120 volts. Remember we said we got to convert these things to VA in order to do this math? So remember Ohm's Law. Remember the simple is, in this case, take the amps times the volts is going to give us what the VA is we need. So in this case, it was 10. We'll, we'll do it together. 10 times 120 is 1,200. So that's our VA. So we write that down. And remember, watts and VA for this calculation are synonymous. So don't get eat up in that. All right, the next one we're dealing with is the trash compactor. Now that trash compactor, if you remember, was 7.5 amperes at 120 volts. Same thing applies. 7.5 times 120. And that is 900. So that's your VA. Write that down. That's your third item, the trash compactor, 900 VA. The next thing we're dealing with is the dryer. Now remember, in the standard method, it says 5,000 watts or the nameplate, whichever is larger. Remembering now that this rule here specifically said in B3, take nameplates. So the nameplate was 5,500 or 5.5. That was what the value is, 5.5 kW. Again, we converted that 5.5 times 1,000. So that's 5,500. So we're writing that down. That's our VA. So we write that down. Clothes dryer, 5,500. The next thing we're dealing with is a disposer, okay, in-sink waste disposer. That's 
it's really a motor if you if you if you know what I'm talking about. Because of the values here, that's the only one that was given in horsepower. So kind of dead giveaway, and we'll, that's important to understand later. But that is the motor that's given in horsepower ratings. So in that case, it's a half horsepower. Where do we go from here with the half horsepower value? Okay, not brain surgery again. We talked about it earlier. Where we're going to have to go. So if you've ever watched my motor videos, you know that you're going to go to 430.248. And when you go to that, you're going to actually, because you're looking for the motor aspect of it, once you get there, you're going to go and follow along uh, in order to get the motor equation. And let's see here. Let's go on and do that. And if I go to a table 430.248 and I look at the values here, remember we're dealing in 115 volts, uh, single phase then it looks to me like it's going to be 9.8 amperes at 115 volts. Remember, that's what, was, that's what our rating was on the uh, uh, in-sync waste disposal. It was, seven, it was um, half horsepower at 115 volts. Another quick tip here is take the values you're given. Don't say, ooh, 115 is supposed to be 120. If it says 115 and it's the motor, use the 115. Okay, That's what you're going to use back at the table. All right, so we did that. And so in that case, it's going to equate, and we're going to we do the math on that, and that's going to result in 1,127, okay? okay? Multiply the amps by the voltage. That is 1,127, so you write that down, okay? Wrote it down. Next, we had those three attic fans, remember? We have to deal with those. Now, pretty easy again here. Because the three attic fans were 4.2 amps each. There was three of them, so we added them together. That was 12.6. Since we're given an amp, for amp value and we're given a voltage value, we have to convert that to a VA. So it's 12.6 times 120. Okay. So when we do that, that gives us 1,512 VA. Write that down. That's your next appliance. The next thing we had to deal with was the cooktop. Right? And the cooktop was 7KW. That is the nameplate values. That is what you put down. 7KW. Uh, K being represent, representing 1,000. So it's easy to do the equation here. Or I guess you could do 7 times 1,000. Whatever you want to do to convert. But that is 7,000 VA. You write that down. The oven was 6KW. Same thing. It converts to 6,000 VA. You write that down. So what do we have got in here? We've got a water heater at 45, we got a dishwasher at 1200, we got a compactor, trash compactor at 900, we got a clothes dryer at 5500, we got a disposer at 1127, we got the three attic fans combined is 1512 VA, we got a cooktop at 7000, we got an oven at 6000, we did not have a range because we have a separate cooktop and a separate oven. Okay? Add all these things up. What do they add up together? That ultimately, that is 27,739. Okay. Now, we're following along the list here. Okay. Now, item number four says, okay, if you did, okay, if you did have a nameplate ampere or KV rating of all permanently connected motors that weren't included in item three. Okay. In our case, we, we did include them all. If you didn't, this is where you would, this is where it would go. Okay, but we did include them all in our case. Okay, so we're good to go. Now, let's go back to the beginning again of B. And it says, remember now, now we're getting ready to do some math because we have to solve C. Remember what A said, 220.82A? We take the sum of B and C. Okay, so in B, we're going to apply this demand factors that we're allowed, this 40%. So we got to take the first 10 at 100%. And then take the remainder at 40%. So how do we do that? Well, there's a simple way to do that. Start out with adding what we did in steps 1, 2, and 3, which was the 55, 65, the 6,000, and the 3,000. Add that to the 27,739. That's going to result in 42,304, right? We added all those together. Now, the first 10,000 is 100%. So it's easier to just take that away from this value so that we can apply the 40% to the remainder and then we can add the 10,000 back. That's the easiest way to do it so you don't screw up. So 42,304 minus 10,000 is 32,304. Now, take that value times 40% and that ends up in 12,922. Now, remember that first 10,000 we have to have at 100%, which is the 10,000 obviously. Add that back to it. So now it should be 12,922 plus 10,000, 
22,922. There you go. That is the sum after everything's been applied to 22082B. You write that down. So all those little steps we did there is resulting in solving for B. Now we're going to solve for C. Now C is dealing with those heating and air conditioning loads that we were talking about. Very specific to those. Okay, so now we're we're dealing with all those. Alright. So let's let's kind of hash this, this thing out now. Let's talk about the air conditioning things. So let's look at those first. So what loads did we have that are resulting in the air conditioning? Well, we had the air conditioner compressor. That was at 16.6 amp. We had that. We had the condenser fan motor, which is was 2 amps. And we had the blower motor, which was 3.2 amps. Okay, so we had all of these, okay, as far as amps. We had 3.2 amps, 2 amps, and the compressor, which was 16.6 amps, which uh, is not part of the motor. That's just the compressor application. So we have all of them. So what are we going to do here? Remember what we got to do? We have to take those amp, amp values and convert them now. What are we converting them to? VA, because that's what we're doing. We're doing a calculation in VA. Now, we have to compare and take the larger of the difference between the heating or the air conditioning. We don't have to add both, the larger of the two. Um, so let's do this. So 16.6 times 230, because uh, that's the value that we were given for our air um, for our um, air conditioning compressor. That was the value that was on the nameplate value. Uh, and so what we've got is 16.6 times 230, which is 3,818 VA. Write that down. That's your next step. Um, the next one is that condensing fan motor, which was 2 amperes. So 2 times 115, that is 230 VA. Write that down. Put it down. Uh, the next one was the blower motor. And that blower motor was at 3.2 amperes at 115 volts. So 3.2 times 115, that's 368 VA. You add all those up because that is your air conditioning component. Okay. That equals 4,416. You take that at 100%. Okay, that's what it says in 220.82C1. Okay, all the nameplates, that was at 100%. You write that down. Okay, all right, that's it. Now, we need to compare that to the heat. Well, in this case, what we're doing, we had air conditioning, and then we have what's called a separate application where we're dealing with electric space heating because we said that we had electric heat, we had three banks of 5kW each, so that's 15kW. So now we have to work this out. So we're going to utilize the application in item number four, which is 220.82C4. And this is where we're going to be able to supply a 60% reduction to the nameplate ratings of electric space heating if it is less than four separately controlled units. Well, we said we only had three. So... Um, we are going to be able to apply this 65%. Now, remember, there's there's six different methods here. There's one when you're dealing with a heat pump compressor and the supplemental heat, which is uh, kind of the same scenario. Um, the 100% and 65% are, are e fixed into this equation. But in our case, since we listed them separately, um, that's how we're going to treat them separately, the way it is. Okay? So we had three of them. So what we're going to do is... We're going to say it was 50, what are the nameplates? So it was three of them. So the total was 15,000, um, 15, okay? But we get to take the 15,000. But one other thing we got to remember, we're taking all of the heat components. Remember that blower motor that we use for the air conditioning? Well, that's still very much applicable here because it's still got to be equated in here because it is going to be on, okay? Where the air conditioning might not be on, the blower will be. So when the heat's running, the air conditioning won't be on, Kind of, kind of would be stupid if it was, uh, but the blower motor will be running, so that's important. Okay, so you have to take into fact that blower motor. So, three point two times fifteen. Remember we did earlier. That's three hundred sixty-eight VA. We have to add that to it. So it's the fifteen thousand, which is the three five kW uh, added together, plus the three sixty-eight. That gives us a total of fifteen thousand three hundred sixty-eight VA. Now, here we get to apply the 65%. So we take the 15,368 times 65%, and that results in 9,989. Now, I compare that 
To the 4,416, I take the larger of the two. Obviously, I get to omit the air conditioning, and I get to have to use the heat. So the heat goes into my equation. So the next step is to find the total VA demand load. We took the 22,922, which came from all those other calculations we did as part of Part B here, and we add C into it, which is a 9,989. That results in 32,911. That is now our demand load, okay? We've applied everything. We've applied our RD rating. We've, we've applied our percentages. That is now our demand. We've applied our demand factors, and we applied the demand loads from line five. We applied the everything that we needed to apply uh, for the heating, so results in 39, uh, 32,911. Now, minimum feeder or service size. That's our next step. Well, since we're dealing with a 122 40-volt application, we are going to, and you could tell that by the values that we gave you in the equation or the house. Um, but anyway, in this case, is a 122 40-volt application, single phase. We're simply going to take the VA and we're going to divide it by 240. Okay, and that is the source voltage, and that's going to result in a 137 amperes. Okay, now there was a fraction of 0.13 in this equation. Now let's do this out real quick so you can see that. If you actually do the equation, it was 32.911. I just I want to show you this. You should know this by now. Uh, divided by 240, you'll notice that it is 137.129. Well, the 9 rounds it up to 137.13, but it is you can drop that because it is below 0.5. So basically, we're dealing with 137. So that is our minimum ampacity that we need based on all of our calculations at this point. Now, what size breaker? Well, since 137 doesn't correspond in 240.6a, the next size available is going to be a 150. So... The next standard size above 137 is at 150, so now we're going to have a 150 amp rated overcurrent device. Now, I'll remind you, if we had done this same calculation using the standard method, it would have had to be a 200. So that's a significant savings there, or difference, right? 50 amperes as far as the service rating goes, okay? All right, so we have a calculated load now of 137 after we've applied all the demands and everything. Okay, so that's what our, our load is. Um, and we have a minimum service size of 150 amperes. Now, let's size those conductors. Now, because this service falls between 100 and 400 amperes, we're going to utilize 31015B7. Now, what is that? Well, if you remember years ago, there was this little table that if you were dealing with, with um, uh, a three-wire 122-40 volt, or even now it's uh, 208-Y120, that you can utilize this little mini table. Well, the table disappeared, and it went back into informative Annex D where there's a calculation. Uh, but that whole table was based on what we call a 33% value based on whatever the service rating or the feeder rating was, depending on what you're using it for. So because this service falls between 100 and 400, we can use this... Uh, method under 31015B7 to, in order to size the minimum size conductors. Can they be larger? Absolutely. But this is the required minimum size. It can't be any smaller than what we're going to do right here in this calculation. Now, a couple caveats that I don't want to go into 31015B7 totally because I got a separate video and a podcast for that. But the key thing to remember is that the panel, whether it's a service or a remote distribution panel, if you had an outside service disconnect and it's feeding a panel inside, um, that when you're sizing these conductors and you're using 31015B7, those panels have to handle 100% of the load so that diversity is considered. Okay, If they're not handling 100%, then it's really not adding any cancellation effect uh, because it's sharing the neutral and all this kind of stuff, and it could be a problem. So remember, if you're going to use 31015B7, you have one, two, three, four options here in order, depending on how you're dealing with it, Remember that it has to supply 100% entirely of the load that's associated with that dwelling unit. Okay, keep that in mind. Okay, so now let's assume that we're doing a one family dwelling and this does apply. 
So we're going to size the minimum size conductors. Again, could be larger, but we're going to look at the minimum that's necessary to meet this requirement. Okay? Okay, first things first. Um, we have to also remember that this table, or this allowance here, does not exceed 400 amperes. So it only works between 100 and 400. Now, the optional method can be used for calculating larger than 400, but if you want to use 31015B7, which is going to result in smaller conductors, you can't go higher than 400 amperes. So just remember that. Now, that whole table that used to be in the code that, were, that was removed in the 2017 code um, uh, is based on what's called an 83% of the service rating. And that would be whatever the breaker is rating on it or whatever the feeder breaker rating is on if you're using it in a feeder application. So what do you do? You multiply the minimum size service or feeder rating. And we already calculated that when we determined that 150 was our service rating. Uh, and we multiply that by 83%. And in this case, it'd be 150 times 83%, which is 124.5 amperes. Well, since it is 0.5, we're going to round up, so it would be 125 amperes. So now I need a conductor. So logically, well, we're not considering any adjustment and corrections at this time. We're simply doing the math as we see it. Um, I will remind you that the whole reason that the, the table was removed and we went to a percentage is was remind the, the installer that if you have adjustment and corrections and they do apply, that you can use a 90 degree value in 31015B16, that's the ampacity table, for adjustment and corrections, as long as you don't exceed the values that are held in the 75 degree column, if that's what your terminal's ratings are listed for. And with 60, if that's what they're listed for. So remember, you can use the 90 for adjustment and corrections, but you've got to be very conscious of what the requirements are in 110.14C. Okay, so keep that in mind. In our case here, for simplicity, because if you want to learn how to do all that with adjustment and corrections, you need to go watch our video on derating demystified. Okay, you can go watch that video and I'll explain all of that, nuances of that. So I don't want to rehash that here. So we know that at this point, since we're over 100 amperes, that we're going to be defaulted into the 75 degree column. Okay, let's just kind of go with that. So always assume copper, unless expressed otherwise. So we're going to go to 31015B16, and we're going to have to find a conductor that is good enough to handle 125 amperes. So if you go there under the 75 degree column, because we are over 100 amperes, and that's important to understand when you're looking at three, uh, excuse me, 110.14C to understand that, um, then I see here that a one gauge copper is good for 130 amperes. Okay, so if I'm running copper. Obviously, a 130-amp rated conductor can handle the 125 amps as a minimum. So we're good to go there. Um, and then other people ask me, can I terminate a 130-amp rated conductor on a 150-amp rated device? Obviously, you can. That is not a problem to be able to do that. Okay? The next thing, because one doesn't correspond to 130, okay? We've already established that earlier. Um, so the next thing is, well, what if I'm using aluminum? Uh, if I'm using aluminum, same concept, 75-degree column. You're obviously over 100 amperes. So under the 75-degree column, it looks like that I would need a 2-aught AWG because that's good for 135, okay? And that would be okay, all right? So what sizing do I need? Uh, if I'm going to use 31015B7 and I'm not exceeding 400 ampere application. Uh, if I did exceed 400, then you remember I got to go back and use the sizing based on 31015B16. I could not use this 83% application here. Okay. And also remember to do this, I have to make sure that the panel that I'm sizing these conductors to, whether it's feeder or service, that is that panel uh, is handling 100% of the load that's associated with that dwelling. Okay. That's an important caveat to remember. All right. So in this case, if it was copper, it's a one. If it was aluminum, it's a two-aught. All right? So believe it or not, folks, it's just that simple. Now we've sized what the ungrounded conductors are. Okay? Now, here's where it gets tricky. A little bit tricky. Trickier, if you will. Now we have to size this neutral conductor. And the neutral conductor has to be calculated based on these standard 
method. Okay? So, we have to do that first in order to be able to understand how we're calculating because we have to have the neutral conductor that can at least handle the imbalance of the load that's being presented based on what loads are being put forth in our calculation. So, let's do that. And now here's where I need you to get a separate piece of scratch paper because here is where it's going to get a little more confusing. You have to understand the standard method now to do the load calculation for the neutral. So none of the values change. It's the same dwelling. Nothing changed. But now we have to use the components within the standard method. Uh, we have to use the allowances in the table 220.42, which is the first 3,000 at 100%, and then the remainder uh, of that at 35%. So we, we have to use the standard concepts. So if you've already watched our video or listened to the podcast on the standard method, this is going to be easy for you. Okay, uh, I will tell you all fixed in place appliances that are 240 volts or even 230 volts, ignore them. They're not going to be considered here. Okay, I will also remind you that you do have an allowance in 220.61b to take 70% of your cooking appliances and your clothes dryers. So that's going to be beneficial to us. Uh, the heating loads are 240, don't have to be considered here for the neutral. The air conditioner compressor. Doesn't have to be considered here because it is no neutral loads associated with it. However, the air handlers and the condensers uh, are included here. And remember that we have what's called the largest motor calculation that's required. And that's an additional 25% for the largest motor. And in our case, the largest motor was the waste disposal because that was 9.6 amps. That was the largest motor. Okay. Or it was 9.6 amps because it was a half horsepower. Okay. Um, so... Keeping that in, you know, that in mind. So let's kind of work through this, if you will. All right, same as we did before. We have our general lighting and receptacle loads. Remember, same values we can use as before. 5,565, which was 3VA times uh, 1,855. Now, where do we get the 3VA when we're using the standard method? We get that from 220.12. There's a table there, and it says for dwelling units, you use 3VA. So the optional method just tells us what to use. Whereas we have to go to the standard method, then we, we, we actually go and use 220.12 and be able to find that application for that. Okay? So that's how we got the 3VA there. So it's still the same. So it's 3VA times 1855. So that's 5,565. The next application we have is we still have those small appliance brand circuits. Remember, there's four of them. So we're still going to use that 6,000 that we calculated under the optional method. We're still going to write that down. Remember, now we're doing we're doing a neutral now, so separate sheet of paper. Remember, we had two laundry circuits. Well, both of those are 120, so they're connected to a neutral. So the neutral is going to carry load. So there's going to be current on that neutral. So we got to count for it. So there was two of them again at 1500 VA. So that is 3,000. So we have all the same values that we had in the optional method for these small uh, the general lighting and receptacle loads, small appliance and laundry. So that is 55, 65, 6,000, and 3,000. We have all of those are the same. Now, the only difference here is we now get to go and you add those together. And now we get to move on and apply some of the, the demand factors to that under the uh, 220.42. And what are they? Well, we add the 5565, the 6000, and 3000 together. And what do we get? 14,565. So this is different. Remember, this is different than the optional now. We add those together. Then we've supplied the demand factor that's found in 220.42. And what does that say? The first 3,000 at 100%, okay? And the remainder is at 35%, okay? Because if you remember, and let's go back and look at that table because I want you to, to kind of get an understanding of how this table works, not that we're doing the standard method, but I just want you to see that it says the first 3,000 is at 100%. And, of course, the next 117,000 uh, is going to be at 35%. Okay? And we're not over 100. You know, we're not over the 120. And we're certainly not going to exceed the 117. That is the value above 3,000. So we're definitely going to use the 130, 100% for the first 3,000 and then 35% for the remainder. That's what we're going to do. 
So in our case, it was 14,565 minus the 3,000. That was 11,565 times 35%. And that equals 4,048. Now, remember, we got to add the 3,000 back into it because we took that at 100%. So it's 3,000 plus 4,048, so that's 7,048. Write that down. That is your first equation or first value okay, for your neutral calculation. Now we get to move on to the appliances. All right, now let's look at each one of them. What about the water heater? Well, that's 240, so it doesn't need anything. That's the pure appliance, okay? Um, the next was the dishwasher. Well, that is 120 volt. So we take the value that we calculated earlier, which is a 1200 VA, and we write that down. So jot that down. The next was the in-sync waste disposal. We had to do the math, 9.6 times uh, the 120. Uh, or actually, what was that? 9.6 times, I believe it was 115. I believe that's what it was, yes. So that is what gave us the, um, the value of the VA of 1,127. So we already have that. We should have that already. So we wrote that down. The next is a trash compactor. And that trash compactor was 7.5 amperes and 120 volts. So it definitely is 120. So it's going to be in use here. And we did that 7.5 times 120. That's 900 VA. So we write that down. So this is very much a part of. Remember, it's all the things that are connected to the neutral. The next thing we have is the three attic fans. All of those were 120 volts. So they obviously all are connected. We already did this math earlier because the result was... At 4.2 amps each times 3 was 12.6, and that was times 120. So we did that, and that resulted in 1,512 VA. So of the appliances that are fastened in place, we got the dishwasher, uh, we have the in-sink waste disposal, we have the trash compactor, and we have the three attic fans. So that total is 4,739. So you add that right there next. To, so you have the 7,048, which is the first step we did, and you want to go plus... Okay, the value of 75% of that 4,739. So you're saying, wait a minute, why don't I take the whole 4,739? Because if you're using the standard method, you're allowed under 220.53, if you have four or more units, then I can take another demand value of 75%. That's a beautiful thing. So you take that 4,735, you do it times 75%. That's going to result in 3,554. See how I did that? So you had your total value and you're allowed to apply the 75%. Now, the reason I say it like that is because I don't want you to get confused. If you have three or less, then you're going to take it at its full value. You don't get to apply the 75% demand factor. Okay? Keep that in mind. It's diversity, baby. All right. So the next thing we're dealing with is the clothes dryer. Now, you take that clothes dryer... And the beauty of this is that when you're doing the neutral, that 220.61b says that I can take a neutral demand at 70% for this application. All right? So I'm taking it at 70%. So I'm going to take that value and remember what it was, okay, when I'm doing that calculation. And that is 5,500, because that was 5,000 or the nameplate, whichever is greater. 5,500 is greater than 5,000, obviously. So I'm allowed to apply 220.61 to this application. You, you saw that earlier when it, when it made note to that in um, 220.82a. says that I could use 220.61, so I'm using it. I'm using it right now. So in that application, um, I'm doing it at 70%. So I write that down. So it's 3,850. That is 70% of 5,500. The next is the cooking appliances. All right. So here's an application where I did need to use 220.55, whereas the optional method, I took the nameplate. But here, I have to utilize the application of the table 220.55. Now, good news is, good news is in this one, it's fairly easy. Doesn't always that easy, but in this one it's 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 pretty easy. That what we're going to do is you actually get to see that the range, all these ranges fall within column B in 220.55. And since they fall in column B, I'm going to add these two together. Notes will tell you this. I'm adding these two together, which is going to be 13 kW, which is the two added together, seven to the six. 
And for the two of them, I have a demand factor. If you follow down the column, you'll see for two of them under column B, I can apply a demand factor of 65%. Okay. So if I apply that demand factor to this 13 kW, I results in 8.45 kW. We convert that to VA, which is 8,450 VA. Okay. So now that is our VA. Now I'm going to apply 75% to the, uh, 70% to that, excuse me. So I'm going to take 8,000 and let's see that I write, yeah, 8,450 and I'm going to times 70%, oops, sorry about that, 8,450 times 70% and uh, hold on a second, my calculator, 8,450 times 70% is 5,915. So that's my next thing that I write down. 5,915. Uh, the next we have electric heat. Again, it's 240, don't need it. Air conditioning compressors, 240, 230, 240, what doesn't need it, okay? It's not 120, that's the, that's the key. Now the next we have is the air handler, which is that blower motor, and that was 120. And we already did this VAT calculation. So it's 368 VA. And we, we had already equated that. The next, we had the uh, condenser fan motor. And we had already valued that out as well. Okay? So that was 230 VA. Now, if you say to yourself, I forgot where we did that. Remember that you're simply, if it is a ampere rating, you take the ampere times the voltage rating, and that's going to give you the VA. And that's, that's how we did that. Okay, the condenser fan motor was two amperes, two times 115 volts. That's how we did it. Okay, don't get lost. Stay with me. Stay with me, friends. All right, so we got that value. So that is 230 VA. Now, we have this issue with the largest motor because the standard method talks about the application of the largest motor. And it says the largest motor, and it's only one motor, uh, and that's covered in 220.50. And it's alluded to in 430.24. So the largest motor here is of the motors was that disposal. That was a half horsepower motor. And it resulted in 1127 VA. Well, at that point, we want to do 25% because that is the VA of the largest motor by 25%. So 1127 times 25%, that's the 282. So we need to throw that in there as well. And is that going to make or break your calculation? Probably not, but you got to throw it in there. That's what's covered uh, in the application of 220.50 and it eludes you to 430.24, okay? That additional 25%, all right? So you add all these up. So on your paper, you should have 7,048. You should have 3,554. You should have 3,850. You should have 5,915. You should have 368. 320 and 282. What does that result in? 21,249. That's what it results in. Okay? Now, how am I determining what this ampacity is? It's the same way we did before. You take the 21,249, you divide it by the voltage source, which is 240, and that comes up with a minimum neutral amp amperage of 89 amps. Okay? So, with that said, I'm going to go to 3215 uh, B16, and I want to be able to find, let's do that real quick. I'm going to go 31015 B16 in my calculator, uh, excuse me, on my code book, and I'm going to assume what I need for copper. It's 89 amperes, copper, 75 degree. Uh, it looks like I need to have a 3 copper, because a 4 is 85, so I need to have a 3 copper. What about aluminum? What do I need for aluminum? Well, under 75 degrees C, it looks like that I need a two aluminum. So minimum size there. Now, here's another remind you. Um, 250.24C1 also states that the grounded conductor shall not be smaller than required in table 250.102C1. Now, we've already done the calculation based on what we need based on the variables in 215.2, 220.61, 230.42, all of those rules that say it has to handle the loads and all this goodies. We did the calculation. We know what it's got to handle. But we know that we also now have to compare it to 250.102C1 because 250.24C1 tells us to. 
So we want to go in our code book to 250.102C1 just to compare because it can't be smaller than that. So I'm going to do in my code book and I'm going to run on down to that table. And if you're not familiar with that table, then you're new to the 2017 code uh, in uh, the table here. I don't know. It might have been in the 14. I can't remember. But I know it was in the 17. Uh, but here it is. And you look at this table and you see that it's titled Grounded Conductor. So it can't be smaller than what's specified in this table. But we already know what we calculated, three copper and two aluminum, in order to handle the load that we did the calculation for. But we just need to make sure that those aren't smaller than what this table requires. Uh, and so I'm here at the table, and it seemed like the ungrounded conductors that we calculated already, remember when we did the optional method? We already did that, right? And we said that it was one copper or two aluminum. Let's see here. Under one copper, it says that it could be a six copper or a two-watt aluminum could be a four. Well, we already know that's not going to work. Okay? And we obviously can't be smaller than those. But based on the calculations that we did, we know that our neutral conductor has to be at least a three copper or a two aluminum. And that's how we do it. Now, again, good news. If you're sizing this and all based on service entrance conductors or saying a cable, like a SE cable, SEU, or an SER, then the requirements of UL854 is already going to take this into account for you, and you should be fine. If you're pulling conductors in a raceway, then you might need to do this calculation. But the important thing I want to convey here is that you had to use the standard method in order to calculate this. You couldn't use the optional method. It's not complicated, right, to do that, okay? All right, so now, with all that said, we, we don't want to leave this all hanging, okay? We don't, we don't want to leave it hanging. We want to make sure that we also go on and size the grounding electroconductor, right? We want to just, we want to make sure that we do that. We want to leave it, leave it all hanging out here at the end and, and not size that sucker because we want to go on and do that, grounding electroconductor. Okay, so if we're following table 250.66, if we're using a ground rod, then we would only need a six copper, regardless of the size here. Um, if we were using a concrete case electrode, we wouldn't need to be larger than a four. Uh, if we were using a ground ring, a two uh, would be what we needed. But in this case, let's say we had ground rods, so that grounding electroconductor. Um, would be a six. And that would be based on 250.66A. And that would be example. Now, if it was water pipe, uh, or if it was uh, steel, in-ground steel, then you're going to use the values that are in the table. You're not allowed to really use 250.66A, B, and C. So just kind of remember the two on how you're doing it. In our case, we're going to make it simple. We're doing ground rods. So 250.66A is going to lead the day. And that says that it does not have to be larger than the six copper or a four aluminum wire. I'll remind you that the four aluminum can't be terminated within 18 inches of the earth. So you're probably going to end up using copper. Although, again, just want to let you know your options here. All right. All right. Well, hopefully I have covered it and that you understand the concept. All right. Um, it's just that simple, folks. That is how you do the optional method. If you have any questions or any of this was confusing, please contact me. Email me. Info, I-N-F-O at masterthenec.com or info at electricalcodeacademy.com. You know, you can ask, ask me questions. I'm not going to charge you a consulting fee. I'm just you, We're all learning together, right? Just ask the question. But that's how you do the optional method. Couple takeaways. Remember, you have to have at least two small appliances and at least one laundry circuit. If you have more than that, then you have to do 1500 VA for each one and you got to count all of them. You don't just stop at two for the small appliances. If I've got four small appliance brand circuits, I have to equate four into my calculation. Okay? Keep those things in mind. Um, don't make it complicated. All right? At all. Uh, the optional method is going to result, in this case, it resulted in 150 amp rated service. Um, if you had done this same equation with the standard method, then it would have resulted in a minimum of a 200 amp service. It's just, 
there's a difference of 50 amperes there as far as the service rating goes. And of course, since we're sizing the conductors in 31015B7 based on the service or feeder rating, obviously that's going to result in a bigger conductor. Okay, so again, bigger conductors, it costs more money. Bigger services cost more money. Um, you don't have to use 31015B7 for the minimum size service conductors if you don't want to, or feeder conductors. You could size them based on 31015B16 if you want. Bigger is okay. Uh, just make sure the lugs can handle it, if whatever you're doing, if you want to go bigger for whatever reason. Uh, also remember, if you're using 31015B7, that adjustment and corrections do apply. In our example, we didn't equate any temperature applications or, or we didn't exceed the uh, three current current conductors, so it really wasn't an issue here for us. Uh, but I will remind you that back in Informative Annex D, there is an example of a calculation. I will tell you in the 2017, the example that's being done for the ambient is incorrect, but they're not going to tell you it's incorrect, but it is incorrect. But anyway, you still get to kind of see how it works. And that's important. If you don't know how to do adjustment and corrections, and I encourage you to go watch my derating demystified video, you'll learn everything you care to know about derating conductors and how to do all that adjustment and corrections and, and all the nuances and more than you care to know. Uh, it's an hour and a half of your life. You'll never get back. But hey, it's good information. We're here to learn to code. So hopefully you got something out of the message today. Until next time, folks, stay safe and uh, God bless. Every day the future's looking bright